0: There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. What? Mm. Win. Win. What are we waiting for? You know what you gotta do.
1: Do it. How hey, you feel what's about to happen on this field, man? you gonna
0: get it to us. We got to take it. how we it is,
1: done. get out there. And do it, do it. What is up, everybody? And welcome to the sixth episode of the Birds Over Boys podcast. We are officially entering the offseason. The time has come. The Super Bowl is over. The Chiefs have won it. Ross and I were wrong on our predictions. Congratulations to Big Red and the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy for um um you you know it was the very first Super Bowl to be honest with you, Cody, that I actually cared about both teams. Like I was like, oh, I, I could see the 49ers actually winning, but I could also see the Kansas City Chiefs winning. And then I'm like sitting there, I was like, it would be great, it would be great. Like I I don't know about you, but when I saw the that time, like triple zeros, like I got chills, like I got goosebumps on my on my arm for Andy because I was just like finally and then of course you know i'm t- i'm watching the game with my mother right and she's like what why are you getting chills and everything It's like that and i told her and she's like okay now i'm starting to get emotional and i'm like oh come they, on. Don't, under-
1: they don't understand the football philosophy until you explain it to them as a son and they're like oh, i <gasps> understand now yeah. big red got his ring finally I'm happy for him. Yes. I'm I really am. happy for him. I, I thought the I thought the Niners were gonna win and people were bashing me for that. I really thought the Niners were gonna take too. that game. They were up ten points. What? Ten points too. with, with I... six and a half minutes left? They were celebrating in the end zone. Big turnover. Chiefs I came. Have... Yeah. Did you know? Did you know? Um, what is his, What is his name? Patrick Mahomes. I always have trouble saying his name sometimes. It's I, a I weird name. Why. It's a weird. It's just name. a weird name. Holmes. I'm not used to saying it. Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is five or six and O oh when he's trailing ten or nothing. Yeah, he's clutch. He's, clutch. he's clutch. He's gonna be. He is gonna be the team to be in the AFC for years to come. He, I think that's gonna be taking over the reign from
0: the New England Patriots by far. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong. I. No, I you're think, not no, we're... you're not wrong. I mean, he's he's clutch. I knew that stat before the Super Bowl started. I just thought that I thought where the the, the issue was gonna come was gonna come between the 49ers defense and the Kansas City Chiefs offense. I Listen, felt like you... the 49ers defense had way too much talent and and I thought that the uh the, the Kansas City Chiefs were not they, they were gonna be able to stay in the game, obviously, with their offense. I mean their offense was ridiculous, but it was their defense to me that was suspect that was a uh, suspect so i was like
1: well it was a little concerning how patrick Mahomes won mvp when he threw t- two touchdowns or two interceptions but the reason why i do understand why he won contest. is because he orchestrated the drives at the end of the game in reality i do believe tyreek hill was the big game changer near yeah, the ending of the game was, that helped him get back a, to it uh,
0: it was a uh, it was a the mvp any mvp award is really a popularity contest i mean it, it really is a popularity contest you're right i mean it, it's not it's not a a well, I mean, it is. I mean, generally, if you know, to the casual fan, the MVP is basically a award for statistical dominance. But at the same time, it's like it really wasn't that dominant. And um, I actually work with a uh, with a forty niners with a forty niners fan, and he was mad. I mean, oh, he I'd be mad too. Mad. Imagine making it. All, he, he's at the same Shout place we are at the end of the day. Um, you, and only one
1: team wins. People gotta realize only one team wins the trophy. Well,
0: I sat there. I sat there and it was funny because I said this, I said this probably a couple of days after the Super Bowl, and then literally some major news network said the same exact thing. I said it, I go, he goes, Yeah, well, what about those holds and what about this and what about that? And I said, Well, number one, this is the hundred year anniversary of the NFL. Okay. There's already been one team that has gotten in or advanced in the playoffs under a controversial call, i.e. the Minnesota Vikings, with that push off in the end zone, in the corner of the end zone. And this is the 100 year anniversary Super Bowl. The one thing that the referees are not going to do is they're not going to be start throwing yellow flags all over the field. They're going to let them play. Um, and then I just something
1: we need for the viewers, not only for the integrity of the game, but we need. We need. We need
0: to well, fast, pace. Yeah, need to fast exactly. pace. for the entertainment. Was, and the NFL is yeah. big money. Yeah, it was because it was weird because I was just like, oh, yep, that's a hold. Oh, yep, that's a hold because they were mugging the heck out of Bosa, mugging the, the heck. The Chiefs came
1: back down twenty-four points to the Texans. They came back down fourteen nothing. Oh yeah, no,
0: they were on a roll. The Titans. They were on a run. They were definitely on a run. And then, then they come good.
1: back down ten points in the fourth quarter. You know, you got like six, six yeah. and a half minutes left in the Super Bowl yeah that's clutchness that the kansas city chiefs deserved it completely hats off to them hats I, off to andy Reid. hats off to patrick holmes tyreek hill agree everyone and and rashaun mccoy who didn't didn't get a single snap but still got it but ring. i'm proud i'm proud he got his ring you know i'm i love Rashawn mccoy the whole city of philadelphia loves Rashawn mccoy and andy Reid. so congratulations yeah. to the kansas city chiefs but Great i will Super Bowl. Say
0: that the 49ers did shoot themselves in the in the foot a little bit though i will say that they're They're, I don't know if you, I don't know if you taped the game. I, I, I rewatched the game. It was weird in the last five, six minutes. They were, I'm not saying like schematically or, or play wise, they, they were playing scared, but it felt like they were. It felt like they were, uh oh, they're coming back. They're coming back. They're coming back. What do we do? And then, uh, another thing, panic mode, panic mode. Yeah. There you go. That's a better word for it. Um, and then another thing that I noticed, and maybe, maybe you go look into it. I don't know if you want to do this, Cody, but uh, Joey Bosa has free reign on where he wants to line up, left or right. And I really thought, I really thought, Joey Bosa! that they were going to that they were going to really match him up on the right tackle because his pass coverage is shaky. He was more on the left side, which was which is always the more premier pass passing pass pass blocker and uh i was very i was kind of confused by that because he kept on going left 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 but he was getting mugged and if i know anything about football players when you get mugged you just want to beat the man to death at that point so i think he stuck to the left because he just got frustrated and he just kept on like i'm gonna beat you eventually i'm gonna beat you eventually which he almost and did when get, he almost when, got you get, homes. when you get stuck in that mindset you know it, it's just a never-ending you're just
1: you're drowning in the water, no life preserver, and you're constantly just gasping for breath until the end of the
0: game. Clock's at exactly. zero and you lose. And um, he almost did get Mahomes, but I think, yeah, it, it, was, just, it was just odd. Their, their defensive, their defensive m- mismatches and their coverages got a little odd. They started playing very deep. And in well, the first start of the game, they, they they were playing not in the face close, but... Definitely close, but then all of a sudden they started pushing back and pushing back and I was like, Oh, don't do that. Don't do well, that. I got now the now that the off season now that the off season started, did you catch Amazon's all or nothing series? I did. Philadelphia Eagles. I've only gotten um into episode four, because uh, it I have to like calm myself down because it like it gets me into Eagles football mode and I'm if like, you nah! believe
1: my, if you believe my obsessiveness with the Eagles, I've watched this series twice. Every minute, every first. second fully in depth i just i i could not help it i watched every single minute i stayed until seven i stayed until 7 a.m the, the night it came
0: out yeah the morning texted, night it came out texted me at six in the morning i'm like what are you doing
1: <laughs> i just stay up guys this is eagles football this is year round this isn't this is just starting in august september and then we we, we closed the curtains once the season this is this is all around football all year round i gotta say I cried at the end of the wild card game. <laughs> so did Josh McCown. He gave it his all, and you got to see that. And I, I don't want to give any spoilers, but, I mean, if no, you haven't seen don't, it, you, don't it. You, you have to go see it. But what I'm going to say is I'm not going to give any spoilers here, but I no, think I Amazon or whoever the documentary crew was, they did a phenomenal job at putting this together. I wish they could do this every year for the Philadelphia Eagles. It was just amazing to see the insight from the players. I got to see Dallas Goddard and Avante Maddox, like how they lived together. They had like a little Nerf yeah, gun, or that. they had a little paintball scene, which was really fun to see. Uh, I gained the utmost respect for Malcolm Jenkins. If you didn't have respect for Malcolm Jenkins ever, which I don't know how you couldn't. Malcolm Jenkins is a leader, mm-hmm. and I like. We were saying we need to do everything possible to keep him happy and keep him on this team. Oh he, my, gosh. he is he is so well composed and he is just the, the way he, he lights up this team and gives his pep talks and how he helps out in the community. I mean, he's just a phenomenal, and I no wonder he's not disliked by many players, except for uh, Orlando Scandrick, who was also brought up in the scene too. They couldn't have put together a documentary of the 2019 season even better than me. And I think I summarized the Eagle season very well, but they did an outstanding job.
0: All right. Yeah, they did. They did. My, uh, I've only I got gotten to see to the Brandon, third episode, but it's addicting. I have to stop myself. Like I was Brandon Graham was a big, a big mindset on there with his
1: daughter and his family. You got to hear from Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz made a statement. This isn't a direct quote. This is just, you know, paraphrased in a way. Carson Wentz said the teams don't understand how they don't understand that all the repetitions that go in. During the training camp and the offseason, fans just go out there and they want to boo. And even Brandon Graham said when they were down, uh, like, what was it, 14 or 17 points in the season opener, Brandon Graham's on the sideline. He's like, oh, they booing now. They booing now. But, you know, they're going to be back right when we start cheering. And that's that's the life of a Philadelphia Eagles fan. And this team went through so many injuries. I mean, God, Lane Johnson going down. Brandon Brooks going down. Miles Sanders going down. Alshon Jeffrey going down. Nelson Aguilar. I, it, the list went on and on and on. And we no said, what, "Cody, that
0: we're not gonna, we're not gonna mention Nelson Aguilar's name." We said it in the podcast. You just broke it. I broke the promise, guys. I do not <laughs>
1: apologize because I, I still hate Nelson Aguilar. It Doesn't matter. Uh, let's not blah blah. Uh, keep going. But, keep going. Okay, so the, the season, <laughs> the season. We should all be happy. This and Malcolm Jenkins said. You know, this is a team that did not host the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the year, but this this team will not be forgotten for what for what they overcame and for all the heart they gave. This team was truly for the locker room drama with Orlando Skandrick. They overcame so much, and I just, I've never seen a team like this. It was just, it, it was beautiful. It was the most depressing way to go down with Wentz getting hit. and But I'm, I'm proud of this team, and... I can't wait for next year. And, but right now we're in the off season and starting with the off season, we don't have, we're not going with an offensive coordinator. coordinator. Yeah. We are not going out with an offensive coordinator. Ross and I were predicting possibly that it was either going to be Deuce Staley or
0: uh, Jim Caldwell, but instead we are going with a collaboration effort, collaboration effort. We're going with a collaboration effort between a couple different coaches. Um, and Rich, it's going to be all Rich on Scalandero is
1: going to be one of them he's going to be he's going to be running as a say, senior that last name again.
0: say that last name again
1: <laughs> <laughs> Rich Scangarello I cannot pronounce it correctly I'm so bad at pronouncing names it's always been a weakness of mine we all know that but hey no, they can't they can't have a simple name like me it's just like Cody Jammer you know it's, just, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's I mean, okay it's got to be an Italian Scangarello <laughs> uh, uh but yeah it's going to be a collaborative effort and um we were talking about it off air um it, it, i could see both ways for this cody i could see both ways of it working um i really felt like last year there was i i am totally for the collaborative effort i'm totally for that um I really feel like teams really work well when the head coach doesn't control absolutely literally everything and everything fails and they lose their jobs. (laughs) Well, that's a lot of people's concern right now is Doug Peterson with the play calling.
1: We've heard that for
0: several years, but I don't
1: know ever since Frank Rice's departure, but I'm just saying what the fans are saying. That's not, Yeah,
0: I agree with the fans to a certain degree, but at the same time, you also got to understand, I think there's to a point, there's too much collaborative effort. You see what I'm saying? Like there's, like if grow the wide receivers coach deuce Daly, the runnings back coach the offensive lines coach i mean it's like okay like i could see doug being like okay whoa well, we who ah, pause like i can't put all this into the playbook at once and and do the install in one week we gotta spread it you know what i mean and at the same time uh this collaborative effort works eh, positively because these coaches have a say in how the offense works, and their jobs are on the line. The same way that Doug Peterson's job is on the line, because it's part of their offense. They are part of that offense. They have a. Do you think if things start going
1: downhill? Issue. Do no. you think if things collapse this year Doug Peterson could be gone sooner no. than usual? And no. it's not bad. You always have to talk about the future in football because if you're if you're living in the past, you know, you're not thinking
0: things out correctly. I don't think he will. Um I will I will definitely say if he does do that, it will be a definite fall from grace um because I know a lot of people in the NFL circles and the football circles absolutely believe that Doug Peterson is an offensive wizard. Um I don't think it'll happen but if it does i think it will be a very big slice of humble pie for him um i really i i understand that he wants to take the offensive play calling this is a wild card game
1: not many teams do this one of the teams being the san francisco 49ers not a whole lot of teams do this they have their offensive coordinator they don't they don't split it up into this many sections and, and that that actually is a fact they don't they don't they, do they, it too they, often yeah
0: i know i know but so that's why time. it's a little
1: bit of a gamble. It's just interesting. It's it, not. It's, it's a not a normal bit. philosophy to the to the NFL. You it's know, usually set up offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach, running backs coach, quarterbacks coach, and our uh, we have a new wide receivers coach, uh, Aaron Moorhead, as well. Who uh, I'm a little bit on the ice with that with that hire. I'm um, yeah. I'm not too. He's had he's had a long history with with different teams, and nothing's been well, too You got to remember,
0: anything. though. You also got to remember, though, that the NFL in of itself is very cyclic um and when I say that when I say that I mean as in if this goes off other teams will start to adopt it because you got to remember I mean there's 32 teams in the NFL how many teams have a good offensive coordinator and a good head coach on the same team see what I'm saying like it's very hard especially in the NFL it's very hard to have an all-star cast of coaches. It's it's very well, difficult to do, and that.
1: success doesn't always carry over. Like exactly, Dean Filippo has transferred over to many other teams, and he gets fired out of out of Jacksonville, out of Minnesota. Frank Wright goes to the Colts. Uh, they did they did good the other season. Uh, They're doing season very prior, well, but but last season, you
0: know, a little bit, you know, dealing with injuries and such. But and then, they, then luck has you know, gone. But I mean, so- I, I could see it working out. I could see it working out, in in a couple of ways the first way is that there's not as many ear, there's not as many voices in doug peterson's ear he can really set down set the offense and what it needs to do and if i remember correctly if i read this article right he won't have any say in the run game and how it's constructed he will only call the plays but he will not have any um any voice in terms of the run game he'll he will not voice he'll have some input but he will largely have it more on deuce Daly, uh deuce Daly, uh who else uh deuce Daly, matt burke and uh what's his face his name (laughs) and tj paganetti tj paganetti uh deuce Daly, matt burke all those guys will basically have the say in how the running game in is. That's very interesting because Matt Burke will be the defensive line coordinator this year. And if I remember correctly, Matt Burke also worked with, um, Swartz when he was in Buffalo, but here's the kicker. Here's a little, here's the little key is that even though Matt Burke is the defensive line coach, he also has a run game coordinator attached to his attached to his, uh, position. So, Basically, he has experience in the run in the defensive line and how defensive lines are set up and how you do mismatches with your different players. But he's also going to be the run game coordinator. So that the run game could take advantage of the mismatches that they have on the offensive line, which will be very different. and It'll be very cool to see because if we resign Jordan Howard, we will have a one two punch with Sanders and Jordan Howard. And we'll and have Boston Scott and Boston Scott. <laughs> so it'll be very interesting to see how well our run game performs from week one on because okay. as well, Matt Burks we, le- have, we have to our learn, coaching We have our coaching set, yeah, as Matt Burks learns,
1: we're the gonna have game, our players set in a couple months after the draft and free agency. But the biggest the next biggest concern moving forward is injuries. And on Friday, oh. we hired Tom Henkel. However, you pronounce his name. I really have to get better at pronouncing names, guys. Tom Hunkley <laughs> as director of sports medicine and Ted Roth as director of sports performance.
0: Yep, yep.
1: They I don't know been, anything about them, but they've been. I'm going to quote this from uh, There's an Eagles wire from uh, USA Today. Uh, Hinkley has spent the past last decade and a half with the Minnesota Vikings and has ties to the area as a Reading native. He's been honored for his training rehabilitation methods while also being landed for his proactive approach to the treatment. Uh, Rath and Jim Schwartz have had a prior re- relationship, and his stint with the Rams resulted in L.A. having one of the healthiest teams in the NFL. And as you know, the Eagles have had one of the most injury-plagued teams here after here after here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it seems like – I don't know what's going on. We've been hiring new directors, medical staff directors every single
0: year. Well, And I mean, things haven't NFL- been changing. Well, the NFL. First off, you a hundred percent injury rate. I yeah, know. you can't put it all on the uh, all on the all on the coaching staff. You can't put it on the injury staff and everything else like that. You can't do it. Medical staff. The NFL has, as you said, and I'll repeat it, has a hundred percent injury rate. Number two, we haven't really done much of anything in terms of getting and signing young talented players. I mean. The book is out on a lot of different. We were one of the oldest.
1: We were one of the oldest rosters in the NFL last season.
0: You can't go what I was very interested. And I was I was on the the hype train, too. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was on the hype train. True. I thought this season was going to go very well for us. And we're going to get back at least to the Super Bowl, maybe even the NFC Championship. Everyone was on the hype train. Don't be apologetic for that in any way. Everyone was on the hype train. Every analyst thought
1: we would have the best receiving core, the best offensive line, which we did. One of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, which we did. I, you just can't help injuries sometimes. Well, we had to have practice squad players I say step that up. With
0: an, I say that with an asterisk. I say that with an asterisk okay. because I was okay. on the hype train. However, I started looking at everybody that we were signing, and I was like, these guys are a little old. Like these, like these, I was sitting there. I was just like, the injury blow could really plague us very you hard. Bring you bring back the Sean Jackson.
1: one. You re-sign – Darren Sproles, you re-signed
0: Jason Peters, thirty-eight. So, I mean, it, I was on the hype train. I was, I, I was thinking that this season was going to go away, but I was like, I was sitting there on pins and needles every single week because I was like, this this injury bug could hit us at any time. And then I looked at our draftees, and I was like, well, uh, I'm not so sure. Um, They're going to need to initiate better better diets better
1: preventative health measures from getting injuries. There's things and changes that can be made. See, th- this is very important, having a, a important a new medical director, because it's just like coaching in the NFL. If you don't have the right coach, right. What are you, no, no one's going to lead you. No one's going to lead no, I you agree. in the right I agree. Nothing's but- going to go right. And we have to change things. I mean – People were dropping like flies.
0: But it'll be very interesting when we do our NFL draft, when we do our NFL draft uh, episode, it'll be very interesting on what the Eagles draft and how young they are. Because there's a lot of young prospects coming out of the draft this year. Like I'm not talking about juniors and seniors. I'm talking about very young juniors, very young sophomores. They're, They're coming out and they're sitting there and they're like 22, 21, 23 years old. It'll be very interesting to see um, whether or not the Oregon Eagles organization has actually learned from their mistakes. And I'm not and saying that. A quick... I'm not saying that they that higher that signing all these players were were a mistake. But what I'm saying is is that okay. Number one, you can't base all your players on age. And at the same time, the Eagles organization can't blame the medical staff for their injuries when you have constantly retooled your offense and your defense with older more experienced players that works as, as you i referenced with youth. the
1: coaches to a certain extent you could blame the players to a certain extent you can yeah. blame the coaches yeah so it's not it's not always one sided on the other one side on the other it's not always 50-50 it's hard you got to break it down and analyze it and, and we, even then you're not
0: you're not always you're not always 100% sure i'm going to be looking at this draft like a hawk because we have done a lot of developmental players in the last couple drafts, and we don't need that anymore. We don't need to have dev- developmental raw prospects. We need guys that can come in, that can produce, not in a big way. I mean, I'm not saying that a rookie needs to be the offensive rookie you know, of the year, even though that would be cool, but... We, we we need to stop having all these de- developmental players. We need to sit we, there and we say we need a hey.
1: star wide receiver out on the bat if free agency doesn't go well and nagging someone snagging someone such as
0: Robbie uh, Anderson or someone else. If Robbie Anderson comes, he better come cheap because I'm not willing to pay anything more than what we have. If he does. See, this is the problem is that players can be asking
1: a little bit too much money and he looks like he's asking well, for between that 12 and 15 million dollar range.
0: Of course, because free agency, you always overpay for everybody, unless you're you unless do. you're just on Jackson, where you take a where you take a hometown discount. I mean, he could have literally gotten he he could have gotten a pretty big chunk of change, but he wanted to come to he wanted to come back to Philadelphia, and he got traded. Joby got it
1: for a hometown and discount trade.
0: though, because he was injured most of the year, but almost the entire season. That's what I'm was, saying. You, you can't prevent we, things such as that, but better rest, better re- re- recovery uh, strategies but then also infuse the roster with talent. Not just Well, the guys talent, we're bringing not- in now have a good history
1: with keeping teams healthy, keeping players healthy, so I'm a little bit confident in that area, but the only thing that makes me feel pessimistic is the fact that the Eagles have a long history of being plagued by injuries. We're not the only team. I mean, we're not the only, only
0: suck, team, it, it it does work. Howie Roseman's infusion of veterans into the squad has worked. We got a Super Bowl that way. But at the same time, what I what I think that Roseman did is that he sat there and he's like, OK, our super windows open. Let's take some developmental long projects. And draft them and see where they come out. You can't do that in the NFL. You could take a swing at one of them, but you can't do that in the NFL over a couple a certain amount of years. We all know why we didn't end up pulling the trigger on Jalen Ramsey or Look, he was way too much money.
1: He was way much too money. much money, exactly. And and Howie Roseman spoke a few times during Amazon's I knew all our broadcast. Well if it wasn't
0: going to happen. It was, it was
1: something funny that I wanted to bring up from the broadcast. Howie Roseman said he had one time someone came up to him while he was driving his car and said "F you, Howie," and he says after that I knew had to uh, tint my windows, you know, black them <laughs> out. He also said. It, the city of Philadelphia was questioning why he didn't make a trade at the deadline. Even his own son was, "Hey, Dad, you know, wh- where's our trade? Where's it going?" And he's like, "I have to explain this to my son as well." Well, the explanation basically is the price—the lo- price tags were too heavy. You know, you're you're paying no, you're paying premium money for for a rental. You, you shouldn't be doing that. And it
0: was it was the wise decision not to make the well, the trade there. If I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, um your information may be a little bit wrong right there is that if if the story broke out that if the Philadelphia Eagles were going to go ahead and trade for Jalen Ramsey that they were going to do a signed trade so the trade details had to be completed and then they would resign him for a long-term contract too much money wait that's still
1: that, that's still another possibility it could have gone either way but still at the end of the day it's too much money And we need to go younger. I just think it was too much for Jalen Plus, He wasn't a schematic
0: fit. He wasn't a big, he wasn't a schematic fit. He wasn't a lot of, you're completely right on that. Cover three and cover two. We don't play a lot of man. So, and that's the reason why we have, you know, I love him, but that's the reason why we have the Green Goblin, Jalen Mills, playing. He doesn't have a lot of foot speed. He has the Eagles
1: resigned Jalen Mills. No, do they resign him? No, not yet. They're not going to resign
0: him. I hope they do. I want them to um i i think he is a integral cog in the in the secondary but at the same time it's we can't go young let's just say that p the philadelphia the philadelphia fans and the city of the philadelphia you guys go too extreme okay <laughs> we win the super bowl we don't get back to it you guys say that the team stinks we, we can't win these- every year. Hold we on. cannot
1: win every year. I know. We get, it's just, we, you-
0: we get on the hype train, and we think we're going to have a great roster, and then the injury bucket. Every year. Them, literally, everybody's saying, like, oh, my God, this team stinks.
1: Super we got- Bowl. We're going to the Super Bowl.
0: We're Ball! not like that. We're not like that. But it's. EDP. <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me finish. Of-
1: oh, I thought the anyway. coronavirus was hitting me there first a um,
0: second. That's messed up. That's my stuff. <laughs> uh, so oh, I have to remember what I was going to say. But the Super Bowl, you have to understand, is that we need to infuse young talent as well as having veterans. We can't go too far into one, and we can't go too far into the other and we can't it, it, dig too it, deep that.
1: into our pockets and we can't go too old. We need to keep going younger. Well, it, but we don't necessarily need to go into rebuild mode, not at all. No, not rebuild. Carson Wentz is in his prime.
0: We have a this is going to be this is going to be a pivotal time for the secondary because as we said, Malcolm Jenkins is a beast. I want him resigned, do you want him resigned? But the Eagles organization has had a tendency to go too extreme too early. Ryan Dawkins Eggs, that's exactly a where I was. Prime example, go. as you brought up in a prior podcast. Prime example. I did not watch the entire three quarters of the season when the Eagles when the Eagles didn't resign him. I was mad. I cried. Well, you missed an awful cr- season, anyways. I cried for two days. Any single time I thought about it, I cried for two days. Okay, I did not like it. I felt he had at least three more years in the tank, and the fact of the matter is when the story came out that it was like they were arguing over like two and a half million dollars. I'm like, come on, Eagles. Seriously. Listen, Malcolm
1: Jenkins probably has three to four years left in his tank. So this easily.
0: is easily. So this is
1: where I'm at. OK, do I'm not very, make I'm Malcolm very, Jenkins happy and keep him on the field of Eagle squad because he will go somewhere else and he will dominate on another team. I'm Simple very
0: invested. That. I am very invested in Malcolm Jenkins. OK, if Malcolm Jenkins. Here's this podcast, bro osu i love you to death but i am very fist bumping
1: right now no one can very, it. i'm fist bumping up in the
0: air i'm very very invested in malcolm jenkins i'm not so much with mcleod mcleod was horrible this year but we have a tendency to go too extreme on the roster makeover when such when we have two mediocre but okay seasons People think that our Super Bowl window is is gone. It's not. If we make the amount, if we make the right decisions and we make the right additions by balancing youth and talent and experience, we'll be fine. If they go out and they go completely young on the secondary, we are gonna have issues. Because I am half of the fan base
1: can say nine and seven the past two years and we made the playoffs, but I'm also looking at the the worst side of things and saying, we're very lucky to make the playoffs of the past years at nine and seven. We, yeah, we got sure. very blessed to make the, the playoffs and, and even have a home wild card playoff game at nine and seven. You don't get that very often. The Eagles go nine and seven next year. They're not making the playoffs.
0: No, they're not. And we're not, I'm they're saying, not making the playoffs. You heard it here first. So young, if they go young, completely young. So new free safety, new strong safety, new outside, new left outside corner. Don't resign Jalen Mills. If they completely gut the secondary and go completely young, we will have issues. I'm fine with keeping Jalen Mills and Malcolm Jenkins. Jalen Mills and Malcolm Jenkins, two of the primary people we need it. to keep I'm right done. now. That's it. I'm done. I don't want to re-sign any other veterans. Any other veterans that are in the secondary right now that are out of their contracts that have to look them up, gone. Bye. See ya.
1: Ronald Mills,
0: gone. Goodbye. Gone. Jalen Mills will be a call, a, a an integral part of the secondary up front toward the wide receivers. To where he may
1: not be the he may not be the greatest cornerback in the league. He he's still developing, but coming but off he, all those injuries, he's a six round draft
0: pick. Give him some credit, guys. Give him some credit. I know was, a lot of people hate on him. This is one this is the reason why I don't understand the hate on him. Okay. He comes back. His first game, he plays Dallas better. Cowboys. Than any other player in the secondary outside of Malcolm Jenkins, he had an interception. Sixth round pick. Stop hating because he doesn't have wheels. Okay, there are many corners that don't have good foot speed. Richard Sherman, hello, who was just in the Super Bowl, that don't absolutely destroyed, absolutely destroyed on certain plays. Oh my God, does not have elites foot speed. Okay, Jalen Mills is edgy. He. Fits Philly. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it in the podcast. Go ahead, audience, go ahead and look this up on YouTube. Jalen Mills, LSU drill. Just go and search that on Google, and you will see that this kid, this, this, I think he was, I want to say he he already,
1: he already shows his worth in the NFL. He already showed his worth on the Eagles. He,
0: he, he's tough, he's edgy, and he likes to hit. And that's what we need as a corner, given the fact that we're so, Run defense dominated number two. Malcolm Jenkins has been in the NFL f- for god 12 years, I think. Now, I think 12 years, 10 years, 10 and 11 years, maybe 12. And he came sure. out of Ohio State, any product out of there. Yes, so that's uh, if you go and sit there and plug him in and plug J- uh, Jalen Mills in, you have veteran experience in the secondary. Okay, if you go and get Von Bell. <laughs> You have experience in the secondary at that point and you have talent, but you have youth at the same time. I don't I I, I understand the whole get veterans, get the 30 plus guys, sign up for sign them for a good deal like they did with um who's that defensive tackle? I can't remember his name. He was injured. Malik Jackson. He he's if he comes back healthy, <laughs> if he comes back healthy. I swear I swear pairing him up with 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 Fletcher Cox oh, and Malik goodness. Jackson on stop. on the, Oh my uh, god
1: stop. you're getting me too excited We haven't me, even gotten to the draft yet you're getting me excited me, about Malik Jackson
0: let me, let me just let me just put this let me just put this into, into put it out there Okay Malik Jackson in in Jacksonville okay he's primarily a defensive tackle All right. He's primarily a defensive tackle. However, he has experience at both left defensive end and right. So what does that mean? That means means if someone gets injured, he could switch around and we could we could throw offenses off completely. Also kick out to the outside and you could have Brandon Graham on the inside. So you have versatility at the defensive line. That's the reason why I think the defense in of itself, when Malik Jackson got hurt, you saw that it took a little bit of time for everybody to get resituated there. And people started week one, right? Week one. He, it took a little bit for people to get situated and people were running on us because of the simple fact that Malik Jackson wasn't there. He was going to be all over the field in terms of defensive line, right? right defensive end left defensive end left tackle left defensive tackle right defensive tackle it was going to allow Fletcher Cox to move it was going to allow the Derek Barnett to move it was going to allow Brandon Graham to move because I really feel I don't know about you but I really feel like Derek Barnett needs to start learning how to move both on both sides and kick in on inside I just don't know whether or not he has the talent but moral of the story is before I went on a rant. Moral of the story: It's okay, go on the rant. Moral, People love it. Moral of the story is is that if we go too extreme, and I will be far and wide, be sending a very very foul language leather to Howie Roseman if he doesn't sign, if he doesn't resign, Malcolm Jenkins back. We cannot go too young. Okay. We need experience, especially on the back end of the of the off of the defense. We
1: need the right, right. median age. We need the Where? right veteran leaders. We can't too go too young. We can't go too old. Simple we can't as go that. We can't go the Super
0: Bowl young. window isn't closed. No, it's not closed at all. It's nowhere near. It's nowhere near. But at the same time, we have a tendency as an Eagles organization to go way, 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 way too extreme. Way too extreme. And I don't like that. It's one of the things that being an Eagles fans being an Eagles fan and being a fan of this organization for as long as I have, we go way too extreme way too quickly. Think and the biggest
1: it. part about this offseason is is the Jordan Howard re-signing. If he gets re-signed, this is going to change out a lot of our factors with how we handle the money in our other positions. If he doesn't, we have a lot more time to splash around and get different players. But that's I, I'm telling you, that is the number one thing that is going to play out for this offseason is the Jordan Howard re-signing
0: if he does or if he doesn't. I want Jordan Howard resigned. I want Jason Peters resigned. I want Malcolm Jenkins resigned, and I want Jalen Mills resigned.
1: You don't trust Andre Dillard at left tackle yet. Jason I Peters want... getting
0: up there in age. He did. He he had a good season this year, but he's getting well, up there in age. There's an asterisk here. Okay, there's an asterisk. All right. I have never been a fan. Big fan. I love all my players. I love them to death. If if anybody hurt them, I'd be on the field, like wanting to fight the other players. But I've never been a big fan of say Omalo. I've never been a big fan. And I've always sat there and said, it'll be very interesting if the Eagles can convince Jason Peters to kick inside and take over say Omalo's position and have Andre Dillard on the outside. So it would be Dillard, Peters, Kelsey, Brooks, and Johnson. It would not be Salemalo. That would be a move for the ages for our offensive line. So with Salemalo, it's I've never been a fan of his. As I reiterated, I've just never been a fan. And so that would allow the ability uh to Jason Peters to stay here for at least one more year. I'm not saying I am not saying that he has a, that he has a long term contract here. He is getting very old at 38 years old, um, but that would allow him there, and that's what I mean by sprinkle some veteran experience while also bringing in the youth and allowing the youth to play. We have a tendency just to go either too old and too experienced, or too young and too inexperienced. We need to have a balance, especially what you just what you what you said about. Carson Wentz is entering his prime. He's not coming out of it, he's now he's just starting it. We need to take advantage of those years before it's too late. So it's sprinkle uh it's youth and age. We we can't have too much age we can't have too much youth because this team will completely fall on its face and we won't we won't have a good season
1: the super bowl window isn't closed if we run things correctly this offseason everything's going to be flying high from here guys my name's cody my name's ross this is the birds over boys podcast
0: go birds